Well, hey, church, come on, let's go and stand together. We're glad you made it here today. Let's welcome the Spirit of God with praise and with song. Come on, let's lift our voices. Let's sing. Let our praise be your welcome. Let our songs be a sign that we are here for you. Yes, we are, God. We are here for you. Yeah. And let your breath come from heaven and fill our hearts with your life. We are here for you. Oh, yes, and we are here for you. Yes, we are, Lord, to you our hearts. To you our hearts are Shout, be your anthem, be 
the storm, He is Lord. Through the storm, through any season, Jesus does not abandon His people. He is still present. He is still working. He is still Lord. I can't help but sing that when we sing this song, that you are still Lord, no matter what I face. Through the storm, sing this next song um, I just want to share something with you tonight um, last year uh, back in May I went on a missions trip we both went on a missions trip to Uganda Africa and we spent a week there at an orphanage and we were actually running a worship camp there for these children we were there to write songs with these kids and to teach them about worship and to teach them um, how to write songs because these children were so talented. It was amazing, but what was even more amazing was their faith. What was even more amazing was how in love with Jesus they were. And on the last day of this songwriting camp, this worship camp, we had one more songwriting session. And so I'm sitting there just kind of waiting for everybody to get there. And I just start to notice that there is like 10 or 12 kids in the room. I'm like, this is a lot of people in a songwriting room. How are we gonna write a song with this many people? And then the Lord just said, just whispered to me, just, just worship, just start there. And so we just began to worship together just worship the Lord and some, someone began to play acoustic guitar and, and out of worship came a song of worship, a song of praise. It's called Glory to the One. Glory to the One. And these children all the way in Uganda, Africa who helped write this song, they've seen pain in their lives. They've seen lost, they've experienced all of that. But yet in that writing room, all they wanted to sing was glory to the one who saved my soul. Glory to the God who is creator. Glory to God who is the faithful one. Glory to God who is our savior. So we're going to sing a song. We've, we've sang it a few times here on Friday night, but I, I wanted to share that with you tonight because we're family. So this is a high praise song, giving glory and honor and praise to the only one who is worthy of it all. God. 
moment, you just begin right where you are to pour out your praise, your own song, your own song of gratitude, of thanksgiving. presence of the Lord with the people of the Lord to worship the Lord. This is awesome. Wow. Wow. If you're ever wondering how to put yourself in a better space, in a good mood, just worship the Lord. That's what we do. That's how it's done. Amen. Amen. Well, I get to take a couple of minutes in this offering moment to make a very special introduction. This is Ellie Verhey, and she is our new Friday Night Kids Director. Give her a round of applause. Yes. Um, Several months ago, the pastoral staff, Daniel, Matthew, myself, were spending some time in prayer because y'all know how we are in this room. Our congregation doesn't just extend to the adults. We also consider our kids as part of our congregation. So as we spent time in prayer, asking the Lord, how can we honor our kids? How can we raise them up in the house of God? How can we give them a love of the Lord from a young age? How can we disciple them well? What we knew is, okay, the three of us are great. We have pure intentions. We are awesome, but we cannot be everywhere all at the same time. 
We need to hire someone visionary. We need to hire someone pastoral. We need to hire someone who loves kids the way God loves kids. And as we were praying, the Lord sent across our path the lovely Ellie. Yes, so happy you're here. Ellie is a legend around New Life. Her family has been here for over 20 years. So Ellie, why don't you share a few words with our family, just sharing your heart for the kids and why you are here. Thank you, Jordan. Uh, Y'all, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, And yeah, I just want to share a little bit of my story. So like Jordan said, I've been here a long time. um, And it's fun to come full circle to the kids' ministry that I was a part of. Um, And so one story that comes to mind is I had one particular leader who was super intentional about teaching me how to hear the voice of God, which was so important because during that time, the Lord was near to me. Um, And in a specific way, the Lord told me that I was going to have a brother one day. And both my sister and I prophetically paved the way to tell my parents that one day we would adopt our my little brother. And so it was such a special time that, um, that that leader took the initiative to be intentional with me, to teach me how to hear the voice of God. And I am so thankful for her because that is still a gift that I use today. Um, and Judges 2.10 is a verse that I wanted to share tonight. Maybe it's up there. Yeah. After the whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors, after another gathering grew up who, need, who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done. And this verse is sad to me because we need, we need the next generation to be pouring into the younger generation just like that leader did for me. And it's beautiful. It's an important thing. Um, And so I just, as I've been praying tonight, um, I see how the ministry in this room is powerful. And I also know for a fact that the ministry that's happening in our kids department is powerful. And so I've been praying for how can we get these connected? How can we connect the ministry that's happening in this room with the ministry that's happening in kids? And the way that I, I see that happening is the giftings that are in this room, we need you in those spaces. And so I just wanna invite you to consider joining us in the volunteer team. And so there's a couple ways you can do that. Uh, Tori Parrish is gonna be in the back of the room um, to help make the serve process easy for you if you wanna join us. There's a couple different areas that we need help. Uh, We need help in our elementary classrooms and our early childhood classrooms. We also need help with production. So if you are someone that's good with sound or um, slides, we would love help with that as well. Um, And I will also be up front here. So I'd love to meet you, get to know you as a family that I'm joining. And so I just wanna encourage you to consider being like that leader that was in my life that took the call and was intentional about teaching me about hearing God's voice. Um, And we would help empower you and equip you to do that in our classrooms. Thanks so much, friend. Fantastic. Yes, yes. Give her a round of applause. Amazing. I'm going to have Ellie pray over us in a second here, but as you consider giving of your time or giving of your dollars, there are four ways to give on your phone, online, snail mail box in the back. But as Ellie prays, I want you all to just pray for our kids um, with us. They are worshiping the Lord. They are also learning the scriptures just like we're doing here. Um, So let's join together with Ellie in prayer for our kids. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. 
thank you for who you are. We adore you, Lord Jesus. And we wanna see you rightly for all that you are, Lord. You are one who loves the little children. And Lord, we wanna be like you in that way. Thank you for this congregation, Lord. Thank you for the people that you have placed here. Thank you for the kids that are in our space and in our care. We are so thankful that you have uh, gifted us with that stewardship. And so Lord, we're just praying for that connection. The ministry that's happening in this room would be happening in our kids' ministry, Lord Jesus. Would there be a connection um, as kids are learning about you, as they're growing in intimacy with you, Lord Jesus, we're asking for more, more of your spirit, more of your connection, Lord Jesus. We're inviting you in. We just say, come Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Let's continue in worship as we give. our creator God is on the throne God is all consuming the head of all we know God is our good father God is endless love God is ever present singing over us our answer Jesus is our king Jesus is the doorway to heaven's everything Jesus is our brother Jesus intercedes Jesus brings the kingdom and sets the captives free the exalted one he has overcome this is who our God. This is who our God is. See the Lord Most High. See the Lord Most High. He's glorified. This is our God. This is who our God is. Spirit. The Spirit is our comfort. The Spirit lives within. Spirit is the water, the fire and the wind. The Spirit is our power, the Spirit speaks the truth. The Spirit is around us and always on the move. The exalted one, He is overcome. This is who, this is who our God is. See the Lord most high.
Church, can we give the team thanks for leading us tonight so beautifully, beautiful songs. Love thinking about kids in Uganda writing a worship song that we sang tonight. Thank you for coming tonight. Good Lord, y'all came. I thought you were going to be chasing elk and going to Friday night football game. You're here tonight. Welcome to the house of God. Uh, I'm Daniel Grothy, if you're new pastor here. And so we're thrilled to have you. What I want to do is take a minute, just take two minutes. We want to be the smallest big church in America, which means we know each other, we love each other, we take care of one another, we check in. And so we take two minutes every week to, to say hi. So cross the aisle, hug a neck, shake a hand, be kind, and I'll open the Bible here in just a minute. One, two, three, be nice. Hey, hey, hey. Go ahead and grab your seats. A few quick announcements tonight. This coming Tuesday, we have Together Night here for married couples, and it's a great time to hang out, to play. They've got activities. They're going to have some great teaching. Uh, Just kind of a, a fun hang at the church, a Together Night. So it's Tuesday at 6.30. Is that right, Matthew? Couples connect with each other Tuesday at 6.30. So if that's you, join us here. The second thing is we've got a men's retreat coming up October 6th and 7th. And it's going to be absolutely insane. It's going to be up at Golden Bell Camp in Divide. And so men, if you can come, 
we would love to have you October 6th and 7th. If you're not able to go, a guy this week came up to us and said, I would like to scholarship 10 men. So don't let money be the issue, okay? So that's off the table. If money's the issue, we've got it taken care of, but get signed up online or at the table in the back after the service. We would love to have you. Finally, uh, two things. Today is Bruce's 82nd birthday. Give it up for Bruce right here. Absolute man of God. We love you, Bruce. We love you. We want to be like you. And John and Wendy just celebrated 35 years of marriage. John and Wendy, come on, give it up. They are the ones, okay, here's what I need you to do. They serve coffee and tea in the cafe every week, okay? John and Wendy, there was, has it been almost 10 years? I mean, almost 10 years. Friday night's almost 10 years old. And there was even one uh, night early on in the life of Friday night where one of them was in the hospital and the other one got in the car and came up and gave everyone coffee and tea for, they spent two hours working to give us coffee and tea and then ran back to the hospital. These are as faithful a couple as you'll find. Give it up for John and Wendy Augustenborg. We love you. Okay, would you open your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter eight? Some of you are like, what's a Bible? I brought my Quran. But I don't, uh, it's fine. It'll be on the screen. We'll take good care of you. Just everyone take a deep breath. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read you. <laughs> Some of you are like, Quran, what the heck? Uh, I'm going to read you 11 verses out of 1 Kings chapter 8, and then I'll pray and we'll jump in. We're in week five of our series called Kings and Kingdoms, going through the book of 1 Kings. So hear the word of the Lord. I'll read it. I'll pray. And then we'll jump in. It says, then King Solomon summoned into his presence at Jerusalem the elders of Israel. They had just built the temple. And all the heads of the tribes and the chiefs of the Israelite families to bring up the ark of the Lord's covenant from Zion, the smaller city of David. And all the Israelites came together to King Solomon at the time of the festival in the month of Ephanim, the seventh month. And when all the elders of Israel had arrived, the priests took up the ark and they brought up the ark of the Lord and the tent of meeting and all the sacred furnishings in it. And the priests and the Levites carried them up and King Solomon and the entire assembly, like this is a national holiday. And you will see at the end, it was 14 days that they all devoted. What if we all just had a 14 day like worship festival and we shut it down? Let's go, right? This is what they're doing. They all come together. The whole assembly of Israel that had gathered about him were before the ark of the Lord, sacrificing so many sheep and cattle that they could not be recorded or counted, but you know they ate well, baby. The priests then brought the ark of the Lord's covenant to its place in the inner sanctuary of the temple, the most holy place, and they put it beneath the wings of the cherubim. The cherubim spread their wings over the place of the ark and overshadowed the ark and its carrying poles. And these poles were so long that their ends could be seen from the holy place in front of the sanctuary, but not from the outside of the holy place. And they are still there today as of that writing. There was nothing in the ark except the two stone tablets that Moses had placed in it at Horeb, the Ten Commandments, where the Lord made a covenant with the Israelites after they came out of Egypt. And when... The priests withdrew from the holy place. The cloud filled the temple of the Lord. 
And the priest could not perform their service because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled his temple. This is the word of the Lord and all God's people said, thanks be to God. Let's pray. Do that again, God. Do that again. We could all just kind of mail it in. We could all fake it. We could all just kind of hang out for 90 minutes and then go home unchanged. No thank you. Do it again. We invite you, Holy Spirit. We say, come into this place. And have your way. Let the holiness of God descend on us. Let the beauty of the Lord transform us. Let the gaze of heaven captivate us tonight. We need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. So we say, have your way here among us. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and all God's people said. The question I want to ask tonight is what happens when the glory of the Lord fills the temple? What happens when the people of God come ready into the house of God with the belief that God might actually do something? What happens when the people of God, not perfect, but focused, intent, willing, open, expectant, eyes just searching the horizon for the work of the Spirit? What happens when the saints come to church with their hearts wide open? This story here in 1 Kings chapter 8 tells us what happens. I want to say five things to you tonight about what happens in the house of the Lord and what the house of the Lord is meant for. So here's the first thing. The house of the Lord is meant to be a place of God's presence. Verses eight, or verses 10 and 11, we just read it. It says, when the priest withdrew from the holy place, the cloud filled the temple of the Lord and, and the priest could not perform, like it just shut the whole thing down, like like. I appreciate you. Now go ahead and get out of the way and let God be God. They couldn't do their service because of the cloud. The glory of God filled his temple. A cloud rolls in. And if you are an old Hebrew, if you're paying attention here, reading 1 Kings 8 and you hear about the cloud, all of a sudden your mind is firing. The cloud? The cloud filled the temple? Why is this? Because in Genesis 9, we see the first mention of the cloud of God's glory. In Genesis 9, 13, Noah and the flood, right? Anyone? It's kind of a big deal. I don't know if you ever heard that story. (laughs) Noah and the flood, right? You know what happens. And then the water recedes. And then they start hearing the birds chirping. And then that little, that little olive branch comes back and then they step out. And what do they see? In verse 13, it says, I've set my rainbow. God is speaking to them. After all the madness and all the chaos recedes, God says, I have set my rainbow in the clouds and in the clouds. And it will be the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. Now, I'm not gonna stay here real long, but the rainbow has been co-opted pretty recently. I don't know if you have paid attention. Right here, God says, 
I will always be your God. I will always protect you. I will always rescue you. I will always save you. Even in the floodwaters, you will come through. And, and this rainbow in the clouds is my statement to you, my sign forever, my covenant through all generations that I will never leave you and I will never forsake you and I will be your God and you will be my people. And, 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 and the flood will not sweep you away because God is on the scene. The cloud, the cloud, you see this? So 1 Kings 8, the cloud of God's glory fills the temple. And those people would have gone like on Genesis 9, that thing, like Noah's covenant, like God's, God's word that I'll never let the waters overtake you again. They would have automatically been thinking about that moment. Another moment they would have been thinking of, they would have turned in their minds to Exodus. So we've had Genesis 9. They would have turned to Exodus 13. It says in verse 21, by day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way. They had just been after 400 plus years of slavery in Egypt, more bricks, less straw, the the whip of the, the slave driver on their back and God throws Pharaoh and his army into the sea and here they are in the wilderness wondering how God is gonna take care of them and then the pillar of cloud blows in and leads the people for 40 years through the dry desert places into God's promised land to settle them. When the cloud of God's glory fills the temple in 1 Kings 8, these people automatically would have been thinking of Genesis 9 and Exodus 13, God's provision, God's covenant, God's salvation, God's protection, God's awe, God's majesty and mastery and mystery and the beauty of God's holiness. The the cloud filled the temple And these people automatically started making connections to the glory of God. The house of the Lord is meant to be a place of God's presence. And I'm just here to tell you, you cannot live a decent day of your life without the cloud of God's glory leading you forward. I've tried it. It, I tried it for like three days and I quit. It was terrible. And the cloud of God's glory, you can't live a week of your life without the, without the cloud of God's glory descending among the people of God in the presence of God for that collective strength because as great as it is to have a private, quiet time with heaven, you need the strength of the body of Christ. You need someone to be able to look you in the eye and say, you doing okay? What do you need? You need someone to be able to help you raise your children. If you have children, we can't do this alone. You need someone to look at the elderly in the eye and dignify them and honor them and bless them and and serve them into their rest. We can't do a day without the cloud of God's glory and we can't do a week. And so I just really can't even do a few days without being with the people of God in the presence of God. The house of the Lord was meant to be a place of God's presence. Can you say amen? Second thing. The house of the Lord is meant to be a place of prayer. Prayer. Bruce, my friend right here who's 82, he he prayed for us. We had about 150 volunteers before the service and we all shared dinner together. We do that every week for our leadership team, the people who serve in our children's ministry. We come and we have a pre-service meal and we ask Bruce on his birthday to pray for us. And he said, Father, in the name of Jesus. And you could have heard a pin drop. And the cloud of God's glory rushes in because this is a man who's been doing this for 82 years and he's got spiritual authority to pray in a way that very few people can pray because you just can't fake 82 years of faithfulness. 
You can't fake 82 years of history with God. You can't fake 82 years of logging miles with the Spirit. You can't fake 82 years of walking through the valley of the shadow of death and learning how to fear no evil because he is with us. And when an 82-year-old says, Father, in the name of Jesus, the atmosphere shifts. I saw it. I saw it 45 minutes ago. The house of the Lord is meant to be a place of prayer. It says in verse 22, then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in front of the whole assembly. The nation is there, okay? This isn't a nice little boutique prayer meeting. The nation is there. And Solomon is the king, the wisest man to ever live as the scripture says it at that point. The richest man to ever live as the scripture says it at that point. And Solomon is not big dogging. Solomon is praying. God, we need you, God, we need you, God, we need you, God, we need you. We just built this temple. It doesn't matter if you don't show up. God, we need you. And Solomon prays. And he said, Lord, the God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven above or on earth below. You who keep your covenant of love with your servants who continue wholeheartedly in your way. And then he reminds God of his faithfulness. You have kept your promise to your servant, David, my father. And with your mouth you have promised and with your hand you have fulfilled it as it is today. Now, Lord, the God of Israel, keep for your servant, David, my father, the promises you made him. Solomon the king says, God, don't quit on us now. Keep us going as a people. Keep us humble, keep us faithful, keep us strong, keep us holy, keep us well supplied. Would you send rain on our fields? Would you cause our crops and our herds to flourish? God, we need you. The house of God was meant to be a place of prayer. And I'll just tell you that people talk today about, I just want to see miracles and why, why do we, like, I've, I've, I just got back from Guatemala. I was, I, I've been around the world. I was in Africa recently. I was in the Middle East uh, a year and a half ago. I, I've traveled the world, and what I have seen in some of the poorest parts of the world is some of the strongest work of the Spirit. Why? Because they have to have him. And we think we don't. And no wonder the church in America is so stinking impotent. Because we've got deep pockets and empty spirits. Solomon, deep pockets. He's going, oh God, we need you. God, we need you. God, get your nation here to the house of the Lord. All of you, shut it down for two weeks because this stuff matters. We can have everything and have nothing if we don't have the presence of the Spirit. The house of the Lord is meant to be a place of prayer. And Isaiah, the prophet, he said this, and his eyes were blazing and his heart was burning and his spirit was moved. And Isaiah in chapter 56, he says, these people, God's people, I will bring to my holy mountain and I will give them joy. Why do we think prayer is boring? Oh, it's kind of busy work. It's for those like spiritual people who just like, I've got a job. All those people who don't have a job, they just get a luxury time to go to the house. No, they just know what matters. He says, in my house of prayer, I will give them joy. The people who pray the most are the happiest people. 
It's just a theme that I've seen throughout my life. People who just seek God, their eyes are clean and their spirits are tender and they're, they just, they're radiant. They can be 82 and bounce into church every week with four generations after them serving the Lord. Why? Because when you dedicate yourself to the house of God and to prayer in the house of God, you will have joy. Isaiah goes on and he says, their burnt offerings and sacrifices, they will be accepted. You wanna get God's attention? Be a person of prayer. And then he says, for my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. My house will be called a house of prayer. Not my house will be called a a nice gathering of people who are doing nice Christian activities. My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, which is why 22 months ago, we, we more intentionally reopened the World Prayer Center right across our parking lot. And we've been praying and we've been praying and we've been praying. And oh, by the way, what a, what a mystery that last year we baptized the most people we've ever baptized in the history of New Life Church in one year's time. Because the spirit of the Lord is moving. September 27th and 29th, mark your, through 29th, mark your calendars right here in this room. We're bringing the 24-7 USA prayer, 24-7 prayer USA national gathering right here. It's going to be Wednesday night. It's going to be Thursday night. It's going to be Friday morning. And then a bunch of them are going to stay around that Friday night. Put it on your calendar, sign up, come and pray for three days and tell me if you hate your life on Friday night. For my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. And I told you about traveling the world and seeing the vitality of the spirit and then coming back home and very often stepping into spaces around the United States and into churches that just feel so soft. And I'll just say it this way, the striking difference between a church that's alive and a church that's been put on hospice care is their collective lives of prayer. You can't buy power. You can't buy faith. You can't buy courage. (laughs) You can't buy love. It, It happens in the prayer room and people who live on their knees and people who seek the Lord and people who call on his name. What happens is they live lives where the cloud just keeps surprisingly descending and leading them forward into the way of everlasting life. And everywhere they go, just kind of miracles are popping out. And joy is popping out. And life is popping out. Friends, tonight, I'm calling you and me back to be a people of prayer in the house of the Lord. Can you say amen? Amen. Third thing that I want to say about the house of the Lord is that the house of the Lord is meant to be a place of repentance. We don't like that word because it means we're wrong. Yes, you are wrong, and yes, I am wrong, and yes, we will be more mature the quicker we can get to that. I'm sorry, I was wrong, please forgive me. With others, I'm sorry, I was wrong, please forgive me. Tattoo that on your forearm if you need. With God, I'm sorry, I was wrong, please forgive me. And what we see is at this national holiday when they build the temple and they're finally there to dedicate it and this moment of great coronation in the kingdom of God, what do they do? They, they repent. You see it in the text when they, Solomon is praying and he says, God, The whole nation's listening. The king says, God, when they sin against you, for there is no one who does not sin. 
And when you become angry with them and you give them over to their enemies because of their rebelliousness, who take them captive to their own lands far away or near, and if they have a change of heart in the land where they are held captive, and if they repent and plead with you in the land of their captors and say, God, we have sinned. We have done wrong. We have acted wickedly. Solomon says, and if they say that and if they turn back to you with their hearts and with their soul in the land of their enemies who took them captive and pray to you, if they pray to you toward the land you gave their ancestors, toward the city you have chosen and the temple I have built for your name, then God, hear from heaven your dwelling place and hear their prayer and their plea and uphold their cause and forgive your people who have sinned against you, God, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Please forgive me. When you come into the house of the Lord, what happens is the presence of his holiness descends. The cloud blows in. And where God is, there is purity. Where God is, there is radiance. Where God is, you can't help but have your heart softened or else you just have to run away. Where God is, it says, the psalmist says that the hills melt like wax in the presence of the Lord. And so do those high places in our hearts, those high places of pride, those high places of, of sinfulness, those high places of impurity. What happens when God sweeps in the room with his, with his holiness descending on us? Those high places just have to melt away. Friends, I'm saying if you come into the presence of the Lord and you don't find yourself repenting, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. Because his gracious kindness, and it's not, God is not here to pistol whip anyone. God is not here to embarrass anyone. God is not here to wag the finger at anyone. He just comes in as love and that all the darkness and all the, the unlove in us just begins to melt away. And so you go, God, would you take that from me? Yeah, God, I've been mad at that person. For, would, would you take that from me? God, yeah, I've been using that kind of language. Would, would you take that from me? God, I've been, I've been thinking those thoughts that are just, they, they, they can't really stand in the present. Would, would you take that from me? God, I've acted wickedly. I've sinned. Have mercy. My attitudes are wrong. My heart is amiss. Something's off in me. God, I need you. Life to set me right. Would you rebuke death in me and bring me back up into life? Friends, repentance is a joy word. I'll say that till I die. We think repentance is this dark, bad word, and God is mad. He's about to strike us with the And we better say it before he hits. No, God is saying, would you just come home and get over that mess? It's just not, how's that working out for you? Put it down. Let's have some fun. Repentance is a joy word. In the house of the Lord, his glory fills the place. In the house of the Lord, the people get their prayer lives back. And in the house of the Lord, he reminds us of all those things in us that are not conducive to a life that is everlasting life. And so we throw them down. We rebuke them. We renounce them. We walk away from them. And we're just right back at the table of the Lord. Do you see how simple it is to be repentant? Humble thyself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. In the house of the Lord, there is repentance. The fourth thing, the house of the Lord, 
is meant to be a place of expressive worship. Expressive worship. You read this text. These people are crazy. I came from Tulsa. I thought we knew how to worship. Pentecostal, charismatic, Tulsa Jerusalem, right? You've heard me talk about Tulsa Jerusalem. I came from Tulsa. We know how to go, baby. And you read this text, and these people are going for it. I mean, it's camp meeting. And, and you know, they're, they're, you know, people pick them up. Like Benny Hinn showed up like 2,000 years ago, and people were falling out everywhere, and there was the glory of the Lord. Like, it, the, they were expressive in their worship. I love you, Benny. I love you, Benny. I want you to see something very subtle but very instructive. Very subtle. Very, if you just read this quick, you'd miss it. But I, I saw it this morning last second. I was like, oh, I'm glad I caught that. Verse 22. Then Solomon, what did he do? Can you say the word, the next word? Then Solomon stood. Solomon stood. Because kings stand, right? Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in front of the whole assembly of Israel. He's, he's got his dignity right here. He's standing and he, he, he kind of goes forward a little bit. He spreads out his hands toward heaven and he said, Lord, and he starts praying. That's verse 22, Solomon standing. But at the end of his long prayer, and you can read the whole thing, I, I, he, he, he goes, he catalogs, he details. At the end of his long prayer, it says in verse 54, when Solomon had finished all these prayers, right? Remember, he was standing, he was praying before the altar of the Lord with his arms stretched out. When Solomon had finished all these prayers and supplications to the Lord, he wrote, what did he do? Wait, how do you rise when you're standing? You don't. You rise when the glory of God's presence overtakes you and then you crumble to your knees because when holiness descends and when God moves in the room, you, sometimes, you just can't eat like, holy, holy, holy are you, Lord God Almighty, worthy is the lamb, worthy is the lamb, amen. Solomon started out as a king. He's, you know, thank you for coming to the dedication of the temple. Let me pray for us. And Because when his holiness comes, all of a sudden you can't be so dignified and sophisticated and, you know, I'm a business owner. I'm a business owner. I don't do that. Because I sign the front of people's checks. I'm a big dog, right? I've been a business owner before. I've signed the front front of people's check. I'm not, thank you for being business owners and signing people's check. But what happens is we think we're kind of above certain things at certain points in our lives. Like I used to dance when I was at like youth group, right? But then I became an adult. No, you just lost your joy. Solomon stood before the Lord, At the end, he had to pick himself back up. Why? Because the glory of God will mess your hair up just a little bit. I can tell you. We live in a world where kings and queens are too powerful to lower themselves, but Solomon shows us through lowering himself that it's God who has the power. Kings and queens, right? Thank you for coming to the summit that I've put on, you know, the 
is it the G7 now or is it the G8? Did we kick somebody out? Whatever, you know, all the big dogs fly in and everyone's sophisticated and they got their suits on or their long robes on or they're really, and we, and we don't really like, everyone's just stiff because kings and queens are too. But Solomon collapses on, on the floor in the presence of the Lord because he knows who the true king is. And we need to get back to our expressive worship. Read this chapter and tell me if these people aren't going for it. Tell me if these people aren't all in. And, and I, we, I refuse to come to church and to be cute. Isn't it so fun to just worship Jesus and let's go get coffee, okay? No, like, I quit. <laughs> I quit. No, the world does not need a cute church. The world does not need a precious people. The world needs a people who are just saying, like, the holiness of God. Like, and and, and we, we start like this, but sometimes it just takes us out. But then we stand back up and we walk out of this place and we go back to our neighborhood with something to offer. We go back to our schools with something to offer. We go back to our jobs with something to offer. And they go, like, who's that fully human person? who laughs at the things he should laugh at and cries at the things that she should cry at and she has a tender heart and she's generous of spirit and everywhere she goes, everyone she's around, they all get better. I'll tell you who that is. That's someone who lives in the presence of the Lord and is willing to worship with all of their heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I'm, I, 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 there was this guy. I've known him for a long time. Very successful. Very successful. Love the guy and spent some time together and got to know him over a few years and, and every Sunday I would see him walk in about eight minutes casually late it's okay if you come in eight minutes you just come when you come but we got world class worship handsome dude well paid when he, got, when he really went after it he would do this Twenty-five minutes. I mean, I would die if I. St- and I asked him about it after a couple of years. He's like, "I'm just kind of, you know, I'm introverted. I, I'm not an expressive person." I was like, "Whatever, dude. That's that, that's an excuse." Next week, he invited me over for a football game once. Bro is a liar. He's a liar. Tearing his shirt off, no lie. He was getting some guac in his kitchen, getting some guac in his kitchen, and his team scored. He came and dove over his couch and like screaming at the top of his lungs. And I go, you're just not an expressive person, right? Yeah, is that what it is? You're just not an expressive person. You open the Bible, Psalm 47, verse 1. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Like, hey. Sunday morning, this is him. Sunday afternoon, watching his team. 
I'm just not an expressive person. Psalm 134, verse two, lift up your hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. You know why the, the Hebrews lifted up holy hands and they danced? Because before they came into the promised land, where were they for 400 plus years? Egypt, slavery in Egypt. And, and what can you not do when you have chains around your hands? What can you not do when you have chains around your legs? You know what they would do if you were making bricks? They would unchain your hands but keep your feet chained so you couldn't run away, but they'd let your hands work to build Egypt. You know if you were plowing a field, they would chain up your hands and put you on a plow, but they would unchain your feet so that you could go, you could go work the fields. These people had lived constrained lives and then God sets you free, what do you do? You go, oh, clap your hands, I'm gonna lift my hands, I'm gonna dance, I'm gonna shout because I'm not a slave anymore. And when you come into worship, this is not just like the extroverted people who like go to Taylor Swift concerts and then they come to church and they do the same thing in church that they did at Mile High or whatever they call it now. No, it's the people who know that God has set them free that worship from the depths of their being. Wake up. Some of you are like, what did he drink before church? I just figured if I was gonna get fired tonight for preaching like this, I might as well swing, you know, like go for it, right? It's been a great run. We loved him. I'm just, I just, I'm here to provoke you tonight. I'm here to invite you tonight to get your soul back. I'm here to stir you tonight. I'm here to tell you that it can be different. And I'm here to tell you that the world needs a church that has been broken down and built back up in the presence of God. Solomon started like this, he finished like this, and then he stood back up and he led his nation. Friends, the world is waiting for us to come into the house of the Lord and to be free, to express ourselves, to get our joy back, so that then it translates out into our community. The fifth and final thing that I want you to see is that the house of the Lord is meant to be a place of blessing. Can you say blessing? blessing. I'm here to tell you tonight, Please, God, make this true. I, I hope that you never come here and feel the curse. Sometimes you might feel provoked, stirred, passions in the room. There's, there's an energy in the room. That's great. That's not, that's not the curse. I hope you never come in this room and feel the curse. I hope you never feel rejection. I hope you never feel shame. I hope you never feel guilt because the spirit of the Lord does not shame and guilt and embarrass. He convicts, but he does not condemn. So don't ever come in here. By the mercy of God, I pray you never come in here and feel condemnation or shame or guilt. I, would, I pray you feel the blessing of God. And what happens is as Solomon stands up from the altar, he begins to just gush with blessing from heaven. And I want to read it to you. He says, then he stood and he blessed the whole assembly of Israel in a loud voice. In a loud voice, saying, praise be to the Lord who has given rest to his people. I pray you come to New Life Church and find the rest of God. I pray that you come to New Life Church and feel the strength of God. He says, praise be to God who gives rest just as he promised. 
Go to the next verse. Not one word has failed of all the good promises he gave through his servant Moses. May the Lord our God be with us as he was with our ancestors and may he never leave us and may he never forsake us. May he turn our hearts to him to walk in obedience to him and keep the commands, decrees, and laws that he gave our ancestors and may these words of mine which I have prayed before the Lord be, God, don't you dare forget what we prayed here today. Be near the Lord night and day that he may uphold the cause of his servant and the cause of his people. I pray that you would come here and feel like God listens to you, that God is upholding your cause, that God is here to give you rest, that God is here to keep his promises. When they played worship tonight and the room just, did you feel it shift? I came in feeling one way. Three minutes in, I was ready to charge hell with a water pistol, right? Why? Because... God's blessing and his strength makes us strong. Friends, tonight, I pray that you would come here and sense his blessing. I'm about to close, but I want to show you one beautiful detail of the text. If you've been around Friday night, you know that the end of every service, after we receive communion and sing and go for it, I'll stand here or whoever's leading the service will stand here and pray the blessing of God. And that's not accidental. That's not, oh, we gotta fill it up and just kind of nice little put a bow on it. No, this comes from Numbers chapter six. And God is speaking to Moses and Aaron and the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron, Aaron's in charge of all the priests, the pastors, the leaders of the church and the Levites. Tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites when they're leaving church. This is how, so listen, this is what God says to Moses to tell Aaron, who's in charge of all the priests and pastors and the people leading service. This is how you're to bless them as they're leaving. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. And the Lord turn his face toward you and give you shalom. And then God says, after you do this, so they, the priests, will put my name on the Israelites, and I will bless them. When you come to the house of the Lord, God is here to bless you, God is here to renew you, God is here to strengthen you, God is here to embolden you, God is here to fill you with his vigorous power, God is here to stir your spirit and give you joy again, God is here to lure you back into the way of life, God is here to restore relationships, and God is here to bless the babies upstairs and raise them up just like he's raising us up, and as you leave, as we pray that prayer of blessing, God says when you do that, you're putting my name on their head. What would Colorado Springs look like if we walked out of here knowing that God's name was stamped on our head? I think it'd be a different week. And you stack months and you stack years with the people of God coming in and the cloud descends and they pray and they repent and they worship with all their hearts and God's blessing is stamped on us and we go out of here into our city. Give me a decade of that and and let me know. Let me know what Colorado Springs looks like. Friends, that invitation is on the table every single day of the week and every single week of the year and every single year of the decade. Friends, let's live this way the rest of our lives. Can you say amen? Stand with me tonight. I wanna invite our communion servers to come down.
If you're new, what we do is we come through the room, receive the communion elements, go back to our seats, we hold them there, we worship. I'll come back here in just a minute and lead you through receiving the elements. But we're gonna worship the Lord right now and I wanna invite you to go for it. I wanna invite you, let's just, let's live as, as, as if this might be true. That his cloud fills the room and we get our strength back, we start praying and we start repenting. As you come through the room, think about what you need to just leave at the altar. I repent, Lord, take that away from me. Forgive me for that this week. Express your heart to him in worship and let his blessing fall on this room. Come on forward, receive the, the elements and I'll be back in just a minute to receive together.
Would you open your communion elements? The cloud is here, y'all. Sometimes you just need to let it wash over you. You say, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here, Lord. Have our lives, God. Have all of us. Oh, we'll be stupid. We'll be fools for you, Lord. We'll be fools for you. This is not a part of the plan here, but we'll do it. It's worth it, Lord, to live in your presence like this. I give you permission tonight, church, to to give yourself over to his presence as a way of living. I promise you it's better this way. Lord, we also, let's just kind of walk through. So first, the first movement, the cloud descends. I'm not planning on this, but it's just making sense to me now. The second thing, let's just begin to pray for our city. We come into the house of the Lord, we're meant to pray. So Lord, we pray, pour out your spirit on Colorado Springs. Saturate the Pikes Peak region with your glory, God. We pray you'd open the windows of heaven over this place, Lord. Let the high desert burst with life. (laughs) Let the water of your spirit rain down on us, Lord. We pray that you take over our schools. We pray that you would take over our workplaces. Lord, Woodland Park and Divide and Florissant and all the East, Callahan and Peyton and Falcon and Security Widefield and Fort Carson and the United States Air Force Academy and Monument and Larkspur and Elbert. Lord, pour out your spirit on our region, we pray. Save your people and heal your people and deliver your people. We pray more baptisms next year than we had last year, Lord. third movement repentance that's something only you can do I don't know what you need to give over to the Lord I don't know what needs to die in you I don't need know what needs to be transformed I can tell you what needs to die in me but let's right now just begin to intercede and ask the Lord to wash us repent of your sins he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from unrighteousness. 
Repentance is a joy word. Just begin to say, Lord, have all of me. Lord, I'm sorry. I was wrong. Please forgive me. Lord, cleanse me to the deepest places. Wash me and make me new. Come on, church, let's pray tonight. Repent tonight. He is happy to receive you tonight. Extract the poison out of our souls, God. Take the stinger out of our souls tonight. Let us live again. Okay. For this fourth one, expressive worship. We just did some of this. But maybe some of you want to put your hand on your heart or some of you who are able-bodied, you want to kneel or you want to bow just like this. Whatever it is, do, you want to lift your hands. Can we all just use what we can of our bodies to begin to say, I submit myself to you, Lord. My body is yours. I am free tonight to worship you. I am free tonight to exalt you. I'm free tonight to get my joy back, Lord. We offer our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to you. This is our spiritual act of worship. And so, Lord, take all of us. We are not going to play it safe in your presence. We're not going to come in and go through the motions. We're not going to just do the routine and just be cute little Christians. Lord, we are all in body, soul, mind, and spirit. And so we give ourselves to you. We dedicate ourselves to you tonight. And we say that we are yours. Friends, tonight would you open your communion elements because it's time to receive the blessing. I, I don't know how it could get better. Jesus sitting across the table from you and me and he takes the bread and he breaks it and I want you to picture what he looks like. Does he look angry? Does he look like he's against you? Does he look like he's happy and that he's for you? And he reaches across the table and he takes the bread. He says, this is my body, which is broken for you. And as often as you do this, remember, friends tonight, Jesus Christ is on your side. You may receive the bread. On the same night, he took the cup of non-alcoholic grape juice. <laughs> Loosen it up, y'all. He took the cup of wine, he said. God's happy. God's for you. It's gonna be okay. <laughs> this cup is the new covenant. The new covenant, that doesn't sound like a bad deal. Doesn't sound old and tired. It's the new covenant given in my blood and it's given for the remission of all of your sins. And as often as you do this, you remember, friends, drink up to your forgiveness. I asked the team if they could get ready to, to lead us in. He won't. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand, when everything around, I want us to worship our way out of here tonight. I know it's 7.58, give me five more minutes maybe, okay? You're fine, what else are you gonna do, right? So let's worship, let's go for it, let's celebrate what God has done here tonight.
we have to do this one more time. We're going to go back into this, but I, I know this is an invitation from the Spirit for some of you. We're going to go back into that loud music, right? And we're going to, some of you, I just, I saw it in my spirit. Some of you, like, you have been so silenced. Like your, your soul has been bottled up and there's a cap on top. And I saw those of you who, who fit that bill, you, you screamed at the top of your lungs as we were worshiping and the top blew off and you got your voice back. And so I'm not, there's no coercion here. You get to pick it, I don't, it, I do care, but it's up to you. Okay. So we're going to go back into this. And those of you who feel like you've had that lid on, the music's going to be loud. You might feel embarrassed. It's fine. It's fine. You can. So come on. Christ is my firm foundation. Yeah. Remember this moment and then tell yourself every day and every week that this is always on the table. This is available. This is not a special dispensation. Oh my goodness. Remember, we get to decide when we come into the presence of the Lord, how we are going to come in. And I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm saying if you will press in and if you just give yourself over to the cloud. Watch what happens. Lisa, would you come tonight? I've just totally put you on the spot, but you'll forgive me. Would you open your hands tonight? You pray whatever you want to pray as a blessing, and then I'll close it with may the Lord bless you and keep you. Lead us. Lord, I'm so grateful. I'm grateful that 
was thinking earlier tonight, Daniel and I have grown up here. And our kids are growing up here. Thank you for these people that we get to be with week in and week out, that that we get to do life with. So Lord, as we leave this place, I pray that we will infiltrate our communities, that we'll walk out of here, not thinking that we need to be perfect, but just walk out of here going, hey, we've got something. We have the power of Jesus on our lives. So everywhere we go, I pray that we will be different, that we will have a light, that our kids, that when we go into our homes, that we'll just have a difference as we leave this place. So Lord, as we interact with each person, line up each conversation, each interaction with the cashiers and the people at the gas station and the people in the grocery store, Lord, as we go from here, Lord, we trust you and we give you our week ahead. now we pray. May the Lord our God bless you. May he keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. May he be gracious to you. And may the Lord lift his bright smiling countenance upon you. And may he grant you shalom tonight. And in praying these words, we put the name of God on your head. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and all God's people said, can we give God thanks for what he's done here tonight? It is 8.08 and I am not sorry. That was worth it. I came down after preaching and Lisa goes, you were peaceful today. What happened to you? (laughs) Uh, so thank you for coming tonight our prayer team will be down here to pray with any of you men's retreat you can sign up back there together night on tuesday night here at 6 30 there's something else i'm sure i've forgotten but you'll be fine uh tori you can sign up for the children's ministry back at the back with tori i'm glad i remembered that go from here in god's grace and peace so much love